Welcome to Outwit Outplay Out Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we are here to talk about the premiere of Survivor Season 45, We Can Do Hard Things, parentheses or can we? Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? I'm pulling a new fire take out from nowhere. This is not my original fire take. But before we filmed this pod, we watched the Entertainment Weekly sneak scene, behind the scene. Deleted um, scene. Deleted we'll, scene. We'll link in the show notes. Uncut gems. Yep. Um, of the week. And it was a beautiful scene of the red team, whose name is currently escaping me right now. But they are building fire for the first time. And Sifu took eight hours to build a fire and wouldn't give up. He went to the beach, he meditated, and then they all rotated around him, like cheering him on all day. And then finally they went to the beach and the three boys were like around the fire and made up a little metaphor. And they're like, don't come on too strong. And they finally got fired and he made a torch and ran down the beach. It was a beautiful scene. And in the 90-minute episodes, these are the scenes I want that show the camaraderie and really the connections. Because if we go into next week and you tell me that these three boys have decided to like have an alliance, instead of being like, oh, this is the all-male alliance, ick, hate it, it actually was built out of fire-making camaraderie. And these are the details that I would love to know. First fire is great. Like that should be like table stakes. It has to be in the premiere. Yes. You got to see people start fire. My fire take is that if tribal council is boring, especially in this new 90 minute survivor era, don't end the episodes with tribal council. Like it was such a downer to get this sort of like half vote, half quit situation. And that be what we're left with. I, you know, Jeff Probst, hear me. And by the way, I was wrong last week. Apparently they did know before they filmed that these were going to be 90 minute episodes Get a little uh, outside the box, as we've known New Era Survivor to do. Don't end with Tribal if it sucks. It was like a terrible way to end a premiere, and I think kind of reflected poorly on this premiere. Not my favorite episode, but we'll dig into it. I think there were some fundamentals here where you had a Tribal Council that was kind of want want. The challenges were blowouts. Uh, but we're going to go through step-by-step, step, as always, to break down this week's episode, call court into session for a segment of Mock Tribal, hear a fan fire take, and end with our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move. Regardless of the quality of this premiere, we are so excited Survivor is back, and we can't wait to break it down with y'all. So Kayla, should we jump into the recap? Give us the recap, Let's Isaac. do it. So the premiere kicks off, and I'm in my feelings because it is epic when Survivor comes back. The Survivor bo- vibes were flowing. We see birds silhouetted against the rising sun and we hear the we hear the call of the survivor gods echoing across the waves and of course power boats we open with our introductions from our castaways including drew the self-styled smartest survivor ever katura the secret lawyer among others and sifu the guitarist slash tai chi master jeff meets everyone on a cargo ship and we learn we'll start with three tribes reba and red Bello and Blue, and Lulu and Yellow. If you have trouble remembering Lulu, think Lululemon. Lemons are yellow, ergo Lulu. Made that up on the fly. Thank you. A lot happens on this boat. Brandon is crying. Bruce is deflecting. Emily is calling him out hard for evading questions around at any advantage conferred by the fact that technically he has been on a season of Survivor before. And then in a classic Survivor challenge, Brandon is grappling with a panic attack that ends up putting Lulu in dead last. Reba ends up winning a machete, a pot, and flint. While Lulu and Bello have to elect two tribe members each to participate in Sweat versus Savvy to win their starting supplies some other way. 
I'll pause there. A lot happens in these early episodes of Survivor. They are trying to rapid fire introduce us to a huge cast of diverse people. Uh, Kayla, what were your thoughts on the opening sequence of not just this episode, but this brand new season of Survivor? Um, I'm expecting big things because 45, when you're on the zeros and the fives, I agree. something's got to shake. They got to deliver. So I, expectations are high. I'm not going to lie. Um, as you're saying this right now, I was like, did they name the tribes and associate them with the colors so that people like me would not struggle? Yes, that is you why. Think I, they did, you, is that why you gave me the Lululemon reference? That, that's that why I gave, Yeah, that's why I gave you the Lulu like cheat sheet because every other one like actually makes perfect sense. And I'm grateful to the producers for doing that because usually we just get random words. So random. This yeah. is so helpful. Yeah. And our queen, Reba, single mom who works too hard, red hair. It's perfect. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, survivors. Um, I'll bring us initially to the ships so Isaac this is a question I have for you I'm actually really partial to the opening scenes of Survivor I have big feelings about this we're opening with like a nautical segment here. yeah right we're opening with a nautical segment let's do it so you know our two options one we're on the pirate ship the challenge is going down on the pirate ship sure this is what we got this season yeah and then everybody jumps off swan dives into the water there's yeah. lots of women involved yeah second option we're canoeing. Uh-huh. We're canoeing. In the yep. three canoes, yep. we're looking out into the water. Yep. We're zooming in on some folks' faces. Yeah. And then we get to the island and, like, see what makes Jake. I want the pirate ship every time. Really? I want people in their um, Bruce in the button down. I'm like, yeah. give me more clothes that don't look like they're made for the elements. Yep. I, I like that. want the challenge on the boat uh-huh. where you have to go run from from day one. You have no time to get acclimated. You don't know who these people are. You have to jump initially into the challenge. You're in a small area, so the cameras are cutting everywhere to all the action. It is the perfect opening shot, and I want them to retire the canoes. Have you ever thought of this? When you say canoes, you mean like canoes that end up with someone on the beach, and yes. they're like, it's a beach Boo. beginning? Oh, hate it. I have to say, I disagree. I like the beach beginning. No! Are you kidding? Here's the thing. I've noticed that you, you're you a big, whenever we refer to the Survivor uh, cast members, you always call them castaways. Yeah. To me, the opening action of Survivor starting on a beach as if everyone's sort of like washed up there, it like it, it like resonates with the castaways of it all. Castaways. When they're on a boat, when the, when the show kicks off, I mean, I'm okay with either, but I'm kind of partial to like, to me, like it's more, cla- I know they've done it both ways. It's more classic survivor, which I like when everyone is like swimming up onto a beach, they're slightly wet and Jeff is like, welcome to survivor, you're on the island, you know? Mm, like yeah. a welcome. Yeah. That's just the worst take in I the think, world. no, come on. I, I think both can be executed poorly or well. I don't think there's like always a clear way. I think they ate this one up. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't mind the set. I thought the set design was cool. I also love how Jeff always has to find like the highest point on location from which to announce <laughs> the new season of Survivor. He, they like have this like little, in my mind, it was like a little awkward platform where he like, they pan out with the drone shot from him as he calls, opens the gates of season 45. Um, yeah, I, okay, interesting take. Disagreement right off the bat. Uh, let's talk about the action here. Uh, Jeff, I thought, uh, a little Jeff critique right off the bat. Uh-oh. A little Jeff analysis, I should say. Seriously? I didn't mind it. Jeff introduces Bruce and kind of gives him like a special welcome. Yeah. What did you think about that choice? Um, I get why he did it because yeah. when I was watching with my boyfriend, he was like, that guy looked kind of familiar. 
Oh, okay. And I think it was for that interaction specifically where it's like people would be like, hmm, I feel like I know something, but I'm not the host of a Survivor podcast, so I can't quite put my finger on it. And so he had to kind of like reintroduce Bruce. That's fair. So it was more audience work than like yeah. Survivor cast work. Okay, that's fair. I was kind of like, is Jeff like putting his hand on the scales at all by like presenting Bruce in a certain type of way? And it does end up creating this vector where Emily comes... I mean, has anyone ever come stronger out of the gates on day one introductory conversation with Jeff as Emily? No. She came at him. And I was, it was so interesting because I don't think you want to get into it with Jeff. Jeff clearly has favorites and people he doesn't like and you don't want to be on Jeff's bad side because he will say not nice things about you from the sidelines. Also, the farther we get from peak 2020, the more sassy Jeff is in the challenges again. It used to be like, good job, Lynn. Like, we're all here together. And now Jeff is like, looking a little slow, Lynn. Pick it up. Yeah, no, he does. You're right about his favoritism, and it came through in this episode in a big way. We'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit later about uh, the young lady who went home. Jeff did not seem happy. Uh, and then, obviously, biggest thing here tough opening for Brandon. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than you can't climb onto the boat on the ladder, and it's just so clearly his sort of, well, it's all his fault. <laughs> did you think? I had a lot of questions about this. Okay. You want to nominate the person who is a strong swimmer, but did no one consider the ladder? Like, do we, is the ladder harder than it looks? The ladder seemed pretty straightforward when I was watching it. And I was like, is he, is this an, a mental barrier to the ladder? And it's just like, I'm on national TV. Yeah. There are all these new people. I'm damp. I'm in the yeah. water. I'm kind of winded. Like, is it a culmination or is this a really hard challenge and us couch survivor watchers are not taking that? Yeah, a couple things. I mean, he said panic attack, so I don't think that it was merely like the physical difficulty of pulling oneself up a ladder. I think it was also just like going through whatever he was going through psychologically. Um, I will say something I'm not a big fan of. There was a lot of lecturing by the survivor cast of the survivor couch watcher in this episode where they're like, you don't know how hard it is. And I'm like, like, just take two beats. When you're, like, <laughs> when you're eight days into Survivor, I buy that, like, 99% of people watching this show probably don't have an experience that they point to, can point to, that, like, simulates yeah. it in an effective way. When you are hours in, when you have not, like, even had your first night, you have not gone to camp, you probably had, like, some Cheez-Its and, like, a cliff Bar before you got on the little <laughs> powerboat, like... Uh, sorry, like, like, I'm We've not... We've all had a snack and been on a boat. <laughs> I, I, I'm coming mere days after Yom Kippur, you know. I made it almost 24 hours in my fast. So, like, I don't even think that you got me beat there, you know? Drag them! I'm done with the genre of them lecturing us. It's, it was a little too much, this episode. But I felt really bad, and it also made me, like, realize I could not go on Survivor because this experience would break me. Like, if I couldn't get up that ladder, I'd be like, never mind, I'm going home. <laughs> Is it the physical challenge? Is it the presence of cameras? Is it just like being starstruck, lights, camera, action? It's the, okay, it's like the I am running the marathon at field day, which is precisely one lap around the track, and I'm last and my shoe came off, except it's being televised to millions of people. That did happen. That's a real story, so... Wow, is there video? <laughs> There's no video. Let us Luckily, know. Luckily, the year was 2000-something. Um, but yeah, I couldn't do it. I would cry. Fair.
Moving right along here, a lot to get through in this 90-minute episode. Um, so let's recap the next segment. Uh, I'll go a little out of order and start with the Sweat versus Savvy challenge. So both Lulu and Baylo had fa- uh, actually end up failing in this challenge. They were doing this log carrying slash puzzle thing. They only had an hour to do it. They're doing it side by side, which is a change from prior seasons where they did it solo at camp. Uh, but they end up returning to camp empty-handed and having to break their news the news to their respective tribes. Um, Back at Lulu, all is not well. This is the chaos tribe. There's always one. Uh, Emily is absolutely convinced Caleb and Sabaya are lying about the challenge. Uh, they're not. And Principal Sean informs Sabaya of all of Emily's negativity, shade, suspicion. And Hannah and Brandon th- uh, form the Complainers Alliance as they commiserate over how difficult Survivor really is. At Baylo, meanwhile, Jake and Brando break news of their failure, but the focus is really on Bruce, who claims he doesn't want to be the tribe dad, but then proceeds to boss everyone around about literally everything. Uh, a Katura kendra kelly alliance takes shape, and much to, to Katura's amusement, Kendra throws out Jake's name because he's a lawyer. Cue a funny scene where Katura, who's a very successful civil rights attorney, quizzes Jake about what it's like to be a lawyer. That incredible, was, incredible well, scene. Maybe the best scene of the episode. <laughs> uh, vibes, of course, are high at the victorious Reba camp, where Drew describes his nerdy slash charismatic split personality, and Julie fibs that she's an art teacher making the correct call lying. She's also a lawyer. Sifu is caught blatantly looking for an advantage and also spying on his tribe members, trying to channel Tony, but not so successfully. But it ends up being Austin who finds the beware advantage, meaning he will not have a vote until he can complete a series of tasks, the first of which is deciphering some form of code on their, the tribe sign. A lot happened here, Kayla. What'd you think? Okay, this just came to mind. Yeah. I actually think the deciphering is a really hard task. And they're making the task of the season really hard. Do you have any guess of, like, he got, like, a little slip of paper. I think it's the bottom of the letters. But there's so much more letters on the sign than on the piece of paper. Yeah, but I think they'll have to, like, kind of slide it across and see when it starts matching up. But I'm like, this is a task that you will take a long time standing in front of your thing with a piece of paper. Yes. Two, can't be done in the dark. Yep. Because of the little letters, and the letters are little. And so it's really forcing you to get an ally and have them create a distraction so that you can have a good amount of time with the sign. And it's forcing people to tell someone about their advantage slash idol. Because I think last season they really stuck to the script and like kind of kept it close to the chest with the idols. Yeah, no, I that that would I think that would be a cool production choice if they're intentionally trying to design things that require people who found a clue to put their yeah, chest in someone. Yeah, collaboration. Yeah, I like that idea. I I will say that my initial feeling like I'm not sure if taking the beware advantage is always the right call to be honest. I think about in the early days of the game, I feel like I wouldn't take it. Yeah. What I would try and spend my time doing is making sure other people don't take it and like keeping them away from the area until I thought I was ready. Yeah. I will say that if anyone's going to take it, the Reba tribe seems pretty dominant out of the gate in challenges. So it seems like he might have the most time before going to a tribal council to sort mm-hmm. of like complete the tasks and figure it all out. My problem is that in previous seasons... Uh, an aspect of the task that you're doing to get the advantage relies on other people and other tribes finding the beware yeah. advantage and you do something like I collectively. Like I, I kind of hope they don't do that because to me it's just like unfair that someone gets penalized based on someone being slow to like understand to the challenge. know their clue. Yeah, so I hope they don't do that. Um, okay, so again, we're getting a lot of intros. Everyone's meeting everyone. 
Drew, I'm not I'm not not digging Drew's vibe early on. What did you think of his alter egos? I mean, what was he, your reaction? He's just laying it out in such a dramatic way. Like you can just be normal and say like I'm a nerdy guy, but I also like to have fun and I want to lean into both aspects of my personality to further the game. Right? I thought we didn't need it. He's I was like this, I'm like, not sure this is an alter ego. I feel like it's just having a it, personality. Exactly. <laughs> he's presenting it like it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and it's just like being a human on a, and this is like already a pro like his presentation. I will say he, maybe he has a really big contrast between his direct-to-camera presentation for the asides to the audience compared to how he's interacting with the tribe. Because his direct-to-camera oh. interactions have been bad. Yeah, they make me he says He says he's the smartest guy ever on Survivor. This bad. Yeah, we a lot of cringeworthy. Of course, Survivor. naturally. Bless him. Um, yeah, and, and then this competition. What do you think about that? Um, I didn't think it was necessary. I like how they have it structured where you choose sweat or you choose savvy. And I yeah. think the production is seeing that people choose sweat every time. Oh. And through their casting, there's usually some two people that can yeah. achieve sweat and everybody gets their flint or pot or whatever is up for stakes in that round. Um, but what I think they should have done instead is have them had to complete sweat and savvy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it needed to be a competition between the tribes. Yeah. I don't... I, I I guess they assumed that adding competitive stakes would make it more interesting. It did not. I don't think it did either. I I thought that this, this was a step down from how they framed it in previous seasons. Yeah. And at least going on the walk, you have time where it's possible. Where it's like, oh, two, send two people to go up this hill and da-da-da-da. That, you have time to build connections, where this is like, I actually don't understand the point. Yeah, I don't either. I also like, I kind of like the dramatic stakes of the idea that the rest of your tribe can be watching you as you're trying to do this on their behalf. I think that's better than competing against a different tribe. There was no point in the competition. I do enjoy the sweat and savvy. They should keep that. Maybe keep the time limit, but you should do it with your tribe on your own separate beaches. And also, I do think it spurs um, unnecessary suspicion, but maybe that's just because um, Emily's the villain in this episode for me. Yeah, there was no way they could have designed a contest that would not have provoked Emily's ire and suspicion. She was just coming in so hot. Um, at this point, I do want to uh, read a fanfire take, which we love reading these on the pod. You can submit them to outwit, outplay, outpod at gmail.com. And this week we have a fanfire take to read from Jay. Uh, a couple highlights I want to hear before I get to the main fire take. This was an incredible email. Thank you so much for sending it in. Thanks, Jay. Uh, one, one direct quote here. I am totally and completely exhausted from the emotions that occurred in that episode. Trying to be understanding because I've never been through it. But man, there were a lot of tears. I think that speaks for us all. Uh, Another, Drew, I apologize, but the dumbest thing a person can do is think that they are the smartest person in the room. Humility would look good on you, as already established. I think we entirely agree with that take. But the main fanfire take I wanted to read here uh, is about professions and lying about them. So Jay says, I've said it before and I will say it again. I find it annoying when people lie about their jobs, especially lawyers, parentheses, it's almost always lawyers, by the way. With all the respect in the world, there are a lot of career paths I would be more threatened by than a lawyer. My dad is a lawyer. And if there's one person in my family I am confident I can beat, it's him. Kayla, your thoughts? Drag them. Drag (laughs) them. (laughs) Um, Yes, I... 
the lying, the lying about your profession, the professions. I don't think I'm anti all the way. The yeah. professions I actually think you should be lying about are bring it back, firefighter, yeah, like paramedic, teacher. Not even teacher. Something where I'm saving a life. I feel like those okay. skills are so applicable to Survivor. Like the oh. compassion, the strength. You probably need to actually do something with your body every day. Like to me, that feels interesting. High stakes. A lawyer. I know lawyers. They're typing and is a very admirable position. <laughs> I am not worried about words per minute on the Survivor Island. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay, see, I'm coming at this from a completely different angle. My focus is on if you make to final three, how sim- how sympathetic is your profession in helping you get the million? Oh, you know, I think that doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm thinking that people vote out like firefighters and teachers and nurses and sympathetic professions early because they regard them as threats because understandably and deservedly so they have are doing amazing things for the world and therefore like would benefit from money and like especially in roles that are like classically underpaid so i think that's why i'm coming at it and i think like lawyer is a profession where people think oh they're really good at convincing people and arguing and isn't that like all of survivor no. You got to give lawyers a little, like, there's a I'm reason people lawyers. are afraid of the lawyers. Uh, Same with the salesmen. Like, last year, it was okay. the salesmen stuff. I'd be scared of the salespeople. Yeah. I think the salespeople are what the lawyers think they are. Oh, okay. I mean, aren't the lawyers just trying to sell you on their perspective? It depends on the type of lawyer. I think a lot of lawyers don't actually need to speak to people. Okay. They're just typing. Yeah. I don't know what kind of lawyers we have this season, but I, all I'm saying, I might be with... Our writer, yeah, beatable. Okay, yeah. I mean, if there are any lawyers out there who listen to this podcast, <laughs> write, in. <laughs> write in to potentially correct Kayla's impression that you just type all day. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's classically a job where you have to talk to a lot of people, including judges and clients. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. My dad's a lawyer too, coincidentally. I don't know any lawyers. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, another question here. Who do you think, Kayla, so far is having the best camp introduction performance? Who is ingratiating themselves with their tribe in the best way? That's a really great question. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) I think the person who is standing out most to me is, well, honestly, the entire red team. Like, I felt... Besides Drew. Yeah, not Drew. Yeah. Um, But all of them came in, easy vibes. Yeah. They were like, we're going to build the... The facilities yeah, necessary. Totally. They were vibing. They didn't do any weirdness, like I'm going to sweep the ground yeah. before they came back. And so I think that's going really well. If I want to hone in on yeah. <laughs> Lulu for a minute yeah, sure. to say who's doing the best of the worst, Yeah. what do you? What would you say? Good cue. Uh, I, I, I think it's between Sabaya and Caleb. I think I would go with Sabaya. Um, I think it was interesting that Sean, how quickly Sean came to her to let her know that Emily was, yeah, yeah, throwing shade her way because to me, like the best quality you can have on Survivor, it's not necessarily being the loudest person who like manipulates the most. It's being the person who people come to with their information. And so I think Sabaya established that. I think she's very level headed. Caleb is like immediately sort of taken by her and impressed by her level of effort in the challenge. Um, what is shocking uh, is that like Caleb, who from the preview materials is like seemed like such an extrovert with so much energy, was like the least interesting person on the I felt that too. He was like a minor character, and I was convinced that he was gonna come screaming out of the gates. No, I think he's laying low. Yeah. He's gonna attack at a later date. Choosing his moments.
Okay, last leg of the recap. So our first immunity challenge is a mix of mudsliding, coconut throwing, wall climbing, and puzzle making. And Lulu is blown out yet again, while Bello and Reba, Reba are in first and second Not place. Rebbe. <laughs> <laughs> At the Lulu camp, it becomes even more clear that this tribe, much like a lemon bar left in the sun, is a hot yellow mess. Emily is gunning for Caleb and Sabaya, and everyone is sick of Emily's abrasive brand of pessimism. Hannah is suffering from nicotine withdrawal and exhaustion. Brandon is feeling chest pains from reflux. And basically everyone is in a state of crisis besides Sabaya and Caleb. At Tribal, Emily fires even more shots at Sabaya and Caleb. But in the end, Hannah quiet quits without a single vote written down. And Jeff gives us a torch snuff that, torch snuff that says, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. I'll just also note Hannah's closing line as she walks out. Is there edge of extinction? Because I'm not going. I thought... <laughs> It's pretty legendary way to just drop the mic after, like, deciding that this is not for you. She was ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The most amazing moment of this was Sabaya. Okay. Sabaya was the queen of this tribal council. Let me paint the picture. Emily's going in on her yep. <laughs> for having a alliance with Caleb that I actually don't think they have. It's the first day. And while there were some alliances on the other team, like with Kelly and Kendra and mm-hmm. one Katura. other and Katora, yeah, um, I didn't really see much of that. I think Yellow was kind of fighting for their lives this whole realm. It just happened that they had been chatting, and I think Hannah was down bad, and so was Brandon. So who did that really leave to talk to? Like, what are we talking about? So I don't even really think there's an alliance there. But I really appreciated when after. Emily went in. Sabaya said, I think that's about enough. (laughs) Yeah. And let her know that everything that she was saying was something that she had basically made up. Yeah. She was like, you're putting that on me. Yeah. And I was like, this is perfect. Amazing. She cut it off, said the truth, and then pivoted. And I was like, this is a communication It was like classy and clear. Clear. Yes. (laughs) Even in her direct kick to camera, like, Sabaya is, like, there's no malice in her, no. like, distaste for Emily. It's just, like, I mean, at least as the show is portraying it and as everyone around her seems to think, like, people cannot deal with the negative energy she's bringing. And Emily says herself that she's bringing a frenetic, aggressive... Yeah. I think she calls herself aggressive when um, Jeff is, like, how do you think you're being portrayed? Which I actually thought was a good question from Jeff. He's yeah. like, do you think you are yourself on this island? And she was like, I'm just a more like extreme, extreme version. version of myself. And everyone's kind of like, Mm-mm. Yeah, I never <laughs> love be yourself as a defense of behavior that is just like that is clearly antisocial and rubbing the people around right, you the I wrong was, way. It's like, no sin to like kind of like root on your tribe and like try to connect with them. Like it's not inauthentic. It's just like being It's social. also the first day. Just it's the first day. Be nice. Yeah. Say what's up. Play nice. Yeah. Make your shelter. Move on. All right. Well, with that, let's gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spit fire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a survivor subject of some controversy. Kayla, what's on the docket today? Hannah. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to do that for dramatic effect. It was okay. Dramatic. On the docket today is whether Hannah is innocent or guilty of wasting our time by quitting the show. <laughs>
Yeah, uh, I will admit that I, I did write the question that is framed somewhat savagely. Uh, I'm going to say that Hannah was guilty here. Uh, I think that I get that you can get yourself into an experience and quickly find out that you made the wrong call. I have like some sympathy for that perspective. But it was pretty clear that she was immediately in that headspace. And I have to say, like, if there's, like, a nicotine situation going on, too, like, that is a predictable variable that not everyone on the island is dealing with. I that is going to give you a rough time. I have never brought that up in all of Survivor. I feel like I've never okay. so heard let me, this. Let me give you one example. The most famous example was a guy named Shane who, like, the day before he got on Survivor, like, two packs of cigarettes, like, just, like, housing coffee, throwing it back. By like day 14, this man had found a wood chip that he called his Blackberry and he was sending emails to his imaginary friends. <laughs> when he got back from the <laughs> island, his doctor said the most important thing during withdrawal from cigarettes or nicotine is that you're drinking lots of water. So like this, like, I also got to throw some shade here at like the casting directors because like I just, I kind of think that, I mean, Shane ended up being a hugely entertaining character in part because <laughs> of his suffering. What season was this? I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up. You got to watch that okay, one. He's a legend. Yeah. But yeah, for all those reasons, I'm Hannah, I'm sorry. You're guilty. No, she's innocent. She tried her best. Listen. <laughs> I hope that's not your best defense. My best defense is that, number one, if someone would have just gave my good sis a cigarette, she could have continued. <laughs> okay, so breaking the rules of survival. I think if production just slipped her one cigarette, she would still be on this island. Yeah, she'd and be the sole And maybe every day we just give her a cigarette. Okay. They're allowed hair ties. Whoa, whoa. You're not comparing an addiction to hair ties to an addiction to to cigarettes. Apparently, also, I should say, I read an interview. She doesn't smoke cigarettes. It sounds like she uses nicotine patches and maybe, like, vapes a little bit. So just going to throw it I'm so sorry, Hannah. I don't know your preferred nicotine consumption. Yeah, right. Don't blame you. I don't believe you. I also don't know anything about nicotine. So that's why I'm sympathetic. I think this could be a really big withdrawal. I think you came on Survivor to perhaps, like, expedite... You're like yeah. quitting. She's a counselor, so she came in really in tuned with herself and knew her boundaries. She knew where she would succeed, and she immediately realized that this was no longer in alignment with her goals for herself and her values. values. And therefore, she wanted to leave to make sure she made space for other survivors who she knew would really enjoy this experience and carry it forward. She's selfless. She's selfless. She gave up her spot so others could thrive and continue to prioritize her emotional health and her physical health. Well, fans, you're going to have to let us know, settle this debate. This edition of Mock Tribal is gaveled out. I will say, Jeff has some relevant thoughts here in an interview he did <laughs> post this episode. Jeff, are you on my side? <laughs> First, he was asked, and we'll link to the show note in the show notes to the Entertainment Weekly article Dalton Ross uh, did interviewing Jeff. First, Dalton asked him, was this a quit? Jeff said, it is 100% a quit. He said she was clearly saying to her tribe mates, if you vote someone else out, I might also quit, and then you'll be down too. And I completely agree with that. This was effectively a quit. Um, He also said that the first call he made after this was to the casting director and their head psychologist, and he told them, put this in our data because we got it wrong. We missed something with Hannah. She shouldn't have been on the show. Uh, Jeff was not holding back. Not holding back at all. Kayla's uh, Kayla's mouth is wide open. Jeff came at her. Jeff might have settled this one for us. Yeah, I think hey, Jeff I, I was trying. I was trying. Yeah. 
I gotta give it up. <laughs> to be, Kayla basically just lost the rock, paper, scissors and had to defend the und- indefensible. Yeah. Uh, I think I did a great job. I think you did as well as right anyone could. Write in listeners. <laughs> Tell me how I did. Jeff had more to, Jeff and, uh, actually, and, and, um, uh, sorry, who's the name? What's the name of the person we're talking about this whole time? Hannah. Hannah. Hannah had a little more to say. Apparently, like there was a long back and forth with Hannah about the nature of her quit. Jeff asked her things like, "What would you advise someone who was in therapy with you about this situation?" And she said things like, "Don't override your gut. Listen to yourself. Like it's okay yeah. to not want to." So. There was like a long conversation here. There was a lot more to this tribal, as we'd always expect. Um, Here's the bigger thing, not that related to Hannah, um, that was left on the cutting room floor from this episode. Apparently, after this immunity challenge, a member of the winning tribe got to go to the camp of the tribe that was going to tribal council and sit in on tribal council and cast a vote for the person that they wanted to vote out. They All, didn't show any of that? No, presumably. I guess not because... Because there was no actual vote. But, but this is incredible information to have. I This is the biggest thing by far I've ever heard of, like just being left on the cutting room floor. Like they're, like the stakes of the challenge... I think it's illegal not to put this in. It's. I mean, it's interesting to me that he even talked... I think he talked about it in his podcast, but like... What a huge thing that the castaways were all thinking about and dealing. And also the camera work to, like, never show Kendra in a shot. That's easy because they likely have the whole setup for when the jury comes in. She's probably just sitting there and they pan over. Yeah, right. I guess so. But apparently, like, Hannah was, like, reacting and Kendra was reacting and her mouth wide open at, like, Hannah quiet. I get it, Kendra. (laughs) You know, part of me wonders if in the next episode we're going to get flashbacks to this. But the fact that Jeff revealed it on his podcast to me indicates that, that we probably we will never see it because no, otherwise he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have spoiled said it. it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a lot from Jeff. We got a lot of like outside the episode. This makes me think Jeff. that Jeff has feelings about this cast. This makes me feel like we're winding up for a cast that Jeff doesn't really like and he's about to, yeah. he's about to go in. Another quick tidbit because that kind of reminds me. Apparently Emily in her application materials said she applied for Survivor because she was so mad about Gabler winning. Yeah, she did say that. Yeah, that's good. That's a terrible take. Okay, uh, well, now for our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move, uh, where we talk about whose stock is moving up and who's moving down as a result of the action in the latest episode of Survivor. Kayla, whose stock was rising for you this week? Jake! I think he performed so well. He really... He's a person that I think could land wrong for some people because you're immediately suspicious of, like, the Boston accent sport guy. Like Some of us are, apparently. (laughs) I think that era of Survivor is kind of over where that... Like a bygone era of Survivor. Yeah, a bygone era of Survivor where that's not going to land as well. yeah. And I think he came in, did what needed to be done in Sweat versus Savvy, and didn't, like, override anyone at camp, came in very congenial. Yeah. He had a lot to lose, I think, and landed it perfectly. Yep. And then I'm also going to give it up to his partner, Brando, who really struggled through the Sweat Challenge, it seemed, but then couldn't end up tying it up with Savvy, but their little partnership seemed like it worked and they had a good connection to take back to their tribe and i was really i really loved what i was seeing on screen there yeah for me i think i I have caleb stock rising i mentioned briefly earlier all the preview material suggested to me that he was going to come out with so like so much overwhelming energy that like he was very going quickly going to be just identified as a charismatic threat or just like a lot to deal with in a camp setting 
again, as we said, I think to his benefit, he was like the least interesting person in this initial premiere of Survivor. Least interesting. I, I didn't find him uninteresting. It's just like Brandon is having chest pains. Hannah is quitting. Emily is like the most like negative personality I've ever heard of. Sabaya was like really cool and fun. And I just thought Caleb was kind of like Meh. a sidekick energy that I didn't expect from him out of the gates, but I think might benefit him. And then uh, Katura, I think Katura is in maybe the best position of any one of the entire cast. She has, I think, already membership secured in what feels like the most legit actual alliance yet with uh, Kendra, Kelly, and Katura. And she has like clearly has her wits about her enough to lie about her profession. She's playing Jake. She's yeah, she's like having fun with it. I just think that she clearly has like a lot of self and social awareness that are going to benefit her massively in the game. But Kayla, whose stock was going down for you this week? Stock going down. Number one, Emily. I we don't need to speak about this anymore. No, we don't. We your whole get tribe it. literally wanted to vote you out on day one, and the only reason they were considering someone else is because their health was not in the best place. That's never where you want like, to be. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like they, there was a guy who literally could not complete challenges multiple times in Brandon, and someone who literally wanted to quit, and they still and they still were like, voted you. "Are you sure, yeah. girl? You don't want to stay?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which crazy. Yeah. Um, and Bruce's stock way down. He came in. I thought he was landing it for about ten seconds. Ten he was seconds. like, "I'm trying to be uncle. I'm a big fan of coming in, saying how you want to be perceived, because it just." Sets the groundwork. I didn't sure. hate that. Okay. He's like, I want to be fun, uncle. Yeah. But the way to, then you fade out. You got to fade out after that, after you make your remarks. Instead, he was doing gymnastics all up over the beach, telling people what to do. And it's like, Bruce, you, did you watch? I guess he didn't watch how he was perceived in the last season. So maybe this is why he's continuing to act like this. But it's like, please do less. You almost knocked yourself out. Yeah, I think time. he kind of like made his argument that he didn't get gain much benefit from his survivor experience because he was like totally deaf to how he was being perceived here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me down this week, I thought, uh, first of all, Brandon, obvious reasons. We don't need to rehash them. I just don't think that he's going to be long for this game. Um, and then also Drew. And, and I will say about Brandon real quick, like, Everything on paper, he was jumping out at me as like a really fun energy and like a lot of potential and another writer. They've done well in Survivor, but yeah, wasn't didn't seem like it was going to be happy. And then of course, Drew, for reasons we've cited before, just like there's different kinds of intelligence. (laughs) I guess there's intelligence that gets you into like Harvard or whatever (laughs) Ivy League school that he got into. Um, It appears not to necessarily correlate with a sort of social intelligence and like the way he was running his mouth on a national television show in episode one. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. You put on <laughs> the brakes. This is being televised. Please stop. Next week, I want more of the girly pops. I want more Kelly, more Kendra, more Julie. I feel like we didn't get enough of the girly pops this season and that's what I really want to see. Love that take. Um, all right. Well, that's all we have this week, folks. Um, all in all, Kayla, you know, I, I remember last, last season of our pod, out of the gates, we were like, I was on board. I loved the premiere. I loved episode two. I was it. hooked. This one, I have to just be honest with with our beloved fan base. I, I'm a little shakier on. It could go either way. I think there's personalities with potential here. Uh, but like, if you look at the fundamentals of this episode, all of the challenges were either blowouts or failures. <laughs> like, I feel like Jeff has to be kind of like a little bit sad licking his wounds right now with how this one went. Yeah, I think this could go the way of they'll have the Yellow Tribe absolutely cannibalize themselves yeah. and lead to an early merge, which you know I never want. 
so yeah totally i mean the chaos on lulu i think actually might be the most entertaining thing that happened (laughs) but it might lead to an early merge like you suggest um well folks that's all we got from this premiere edition of outwit outplay out pod if you want to share your fire takes again shoot us an email at outwit outplay outpod at gmail.com we love to read those on the podcast and if you're enjoying our show spread the word tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app we really appreciate it. It's so great to be back, and we will be back again next Friday morning to talk about the second episode of Survivor Season 45. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. Mm-hmm.